Grace. Yeah, David? Do you want to go back? Back where? Back to the best. Back to the best? Back Back to to the the best. best. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Back to the Best. I'm David. And I'm Grace. And this is our podcast where we talk about all the best things from the 90s to the 2000s, which is also known as the best times. To all our first time listeners, welcome. To all our former besties returning, welcome back. Can you hear the vacuuming in the hallway? <laughs> no, I do not hear the vacuuming. Do you hear my ceiling fan? I do not. Okay, then we're then we're good. I'm happy. Uh, you, ha- you have to be able to hear it. I now. do it's hear very loud. I do hear Cora. Anyway. Enough of that. <laughs> Enough of that malarkey. If how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. You know, it's the perfect weather. Yeah, windows we are had, open. We had a bit of a. It actually on the weather app. It was called a <laughs> dust storm. The wind, you guys. The wind. I sent. <laughs> I sent, I'm, I'm always pretty up to date on the weather and I sent David a, you do. That is one fun fact about grace. Nobody who <laughs> likes to text about the weather as much as grace does, or just talk about the weather. I know I really did. And I, again, David always gets most of this. Cause I think we talk 25 times a day at the least. And if not, I'm getting a million <laughs> voice memos about the weather. And it was, what was it on Monday? On Monday this week, mm-hmm. it was windy. And I didn't, <laughs> I had been talking to David during the day, like normal. And later in the day, I saw the little wind symbol on the weather app. Cause Lord knows I was checking the weather app for some reason. And I sent David a voice memo and I was like, I just need you to know it's going to be windy this afternoon. Don't go for a walk. He likes to go for walks. You never know. Um, and I gave him a full warning (laughs) about the wind. I will say it is nice because we, when it comes to the weather, (laughs) we could not be more opposite. I never look at the weather app. I never know what it's going to be like outside. And I feel like you constantly look at it. I constantly look. That's why I thought to message you about the wind. That is because I did go for drinks on Monday night and we did sit outside, but they had like a plastic, um, one of those like plastic sheet, oh, yes. sheet um, plastic um, covering basically mm-hmm. like a plastic wall. Do you ever feel mm-hmm. like a plastic wall drifting through the wind and ready to start again? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they did protect us from the wind. Thank God. It was probably for, to contain the heat as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? They had the little heater thing on it's just always. Yeah. So nice. Cause that wind, it was a dust storm because apparently the dust was from the fact <laughs> that it was the first wind, like wind, the Santa Ana's came for the first time this year or well, towards the end of the year. Oh, the Santa and it was Anna blowing, <laughs> it was blowing all the dust that's been sitting on the buildings. That's what all the dust apparently was. Oh my God, guys. <laughs> and if you don't get the wind, you guys reference, it's obviously from the opening of keeping up with the Kardashians. David and I say the wind, you guys, or if something else is going wrong, we're just like, oh, the, the, the keyboard, you guys, anything, anything. We just say that. But, um, so anyway, the point of saying the wind, the wind brought the colder weather and it's real. Oh yeah. It's really nice. Speaking of the Kardashians, did you watch Kim host SNL? I did. I watched her host SNL. I thought she did a great job. She really did. I think that she 
like definitely beat everybody's expectations of what they were prepared for with her. Yes. Deborah Messing. Deborah. Deborah. Don't tweet mean things, Deborah. We love Deborah, but we don't um, condone that that mean tweets. No, but I really thought she did a great job. I thought she she didn't miss a beat. She She got every single line. She did not hold back. I feel like at this point they have been in the public eye for so long and have heard everything under the sun that they don't even care. Oh, you have to be able to make fun of yourself. Yeah, and and loved loved the pink head to toe. A lot of head pink. to fingertips. Literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. All she needed was the face covering, and she would have had her Met Gala outfit, except in pink. I love that in that one sketch there was Met Gala <laughs> outfit. They brought that up a couple times. It was too. It's too iconic to not you have to. point out multiple times, especially on an episode when Kim was hosting. Mm-hmm. There was no way it wasn't going to be in there at least three times. <laughs> Speaking of hosting things, could you imagine if on SNL, let's say they had two co-hosts. Okay, I'm with you. And one of them couldn't make it. <gasps> could you imagine what SNL would do? Or any no. podcast, any any interview show, a podcast mm. maybe? Mm. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> it's our worst nightmare. <laughs> we should just call this episode... An interview with David. (laughs) You guys were hinting at something that needs to be addressed because it will be figured out pretty quickly when the episode starts. I wonder how far into the episode it would have taken for people Mm -hmm. to notice. You know, when we have a guest on, this is how we want it to be. They do most of the talking because we want to hear from them. We want to hear their stories. You don't want to hear us all the time. We blab all the time. So that's true. I wonder how long it would take. But like, you guys, I was not there. <laughs> I was. Uh, she was there in spirit. Her I'm spirit always, was there. Her text <laughs> messages were there. I'm always there in spirit. You've seen from the title. We interviewed Miles Jeffries this episode. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> um, God bless Miles. He was such a trooper. This was an interview we had to reschedule one time because of Wi-Fi issues. Then when we had it set, we were ready to go. I had some work conflicts that there was literally nothing I could do about. I mean, David and I, we don't do this as our full-time job yet, you guys. No, but we we hope one day we really, really want to, but to say (laughs) that I was devastated isn't under, I literally said this to miles. I was so upset. There was nothing I could do. I I was Mm -hmm. hoping I would get off a little bit early to be there and I could not. So David flew solo. (laughs) Okay. That's the title of the episode. David David flew solo. solo. (laughs) Um, It was a weird feeling doing an interview without you. I felt so bad for, for miles. I felt so bad for you. Like we just, we, ha- we already had to reschedule one time. So we were not going to do that to him again. And when we say that, okay, apparently, I mean, David and I talked about this yesterday. I don't know how often this happens. Mercury is in retrograde. Was it in retrograde last week? I don't know. I don't but know, but it was affecting spectrum service. It was this, oh my gosh, our service was messed up and we have never, we've never had to reschedule an interview like that. Mm-mm. Ever. And then we get it scheduled and I 
cannot be there. Miles, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I still wish that we would have gone with the route of you just saying questions and we just inserted it in. <laughs> it was definitely a thought. It was a thought that I would just be like, so what made you want to be an actor? And then we would just paste it in there as I if told, I was there the whole time. I told Miles at the end, I was like, now don't be surprised whenever we post the Zoom picture that we took, <laughs> like if Grace just happens to be in this episode too. <laughs> oh my God. I know it was truly, it was truly our worst nightmare. We never, ever want to have to do that. And we are never going to have to do that again. Never. You hear that Mercury? You hear it? You hear oh, Mercury, God. get out of retrograde. Grade. Retrograde. Retro, <laughs> retrograde. Retro. <laughs> We're not Mercury. well. It's nothing mess. Oh, it's nothing with it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's actually messing with us right now. Please be nice to us. I don't even see Mercury. I don't. Right. Can you see the, the retrograde? Do like, you see it um, happening? Is, there, is it like an aura? <laughs> <laughs> when anyway. we look up into the sky, is there supposed to be an aura? Anyway. We have Miles Jeffrey on today. Actually, his movie, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, celebrated an anniversary this week, uh, the day before this episode comes out. So if you're listening to this on release day, yesterday was its 21st anniversary. She can drink. She can <laughs> She can drink. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire can drink. And we That's hope you guys also name. enjoyed the pictures we posted yesterday that were sent from Miles. He gave us some behind the scenes photos from the set. And we're, oh my God, they're amazing. He was in that. He was in one of my favorite DCOM stepsister from Planet Weird, Mm -hmm. 90210, two of the recess movies. Like, guys, he was Hillary Swank's son on 90210. mm -hmm. What else do you need? That's all you need. What else do you need? He played George Little in the Stuart Little animated series. It's, I feel bad saying it's a great episode because Grace wasn't there. No, it is a great episode. I I wanted it to be a great episode. We just had a little hiccup. Miles was great. He was the best. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to tune in. Um, should we just get to it? I think let's get to it, Miles. I'm so sorry again. <laughs> Here's our guest, Miles Jeffrey. Uh, well, thank you very much for doing this, by the way. We really appreciate yeah. it. I was um, re-watching some of the clips from like Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire and Stepsister from Planet Weird. And like at the time, I remember watching them as a kid and didn't realize how young you actually were whenever you started acting. So is it something you like knew right away you wanted to do? Um, I didn't know. I-, I wouldn't say I knew right away that I that I wanted to, to be an actor. The, the way it sort of happened was um, my, I'm the youngest of three brothers and my oldest brother had done like a couple of like print and like commercial jobs when he was really young um, before oh, nice. I was born. And he didn't really like, I don't know, it just wasn't his thing. Uh-huh. Um, but my mom like still had the contact information for his agent. And so when I was like four, uh, I could read, uh, pretty well at by four. And my mom was like, would you like to be on TV? Which is... <laughs> A great way of phrasing something to a four-year-old. And so, you know, I said, you know, no, I need to keep my priorities in order. Uh, No, Mm. of course I said yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let me check my schedule, mom. (laughs) Um, So I said yes. And uh, and so 
based on the the uh, agent that she knew, like I went with my other brother who was much closer in age uh, than my oldest one. And uh, yeah, we, we went and like met with the agent and she said, you know, like, all right, these kids are cute enough and they seem like they can read. Uh, so <laughs> go, go to a commercial, <laughs> go do a commercial class and then I'll start sending you on auditions. So yeah, like I was like, I don't know, four about to turn five when I sort of started. And then um, my first job was actually with my brother. He had gotten a callback and it was like a third callback for a Domino's pizza commercial that uh, the kids needed to be able to ice skate because it was like a peewee hockey team. Okay. Uh, and so I just tagged along because that's just, I don't know, I, my mom didn't want to get a babysitter or something. Sure. Um, <laughs> and so the, um, the director of the commercial was basically just making sure that all the kids he wanted could skate. Uh, mm-hmm. one of the kids said he could skate, but he actually couldn't. Oh, um, no. and so his mom was just like, say so you can skate. And then I guess she didn't think they would call her bluff or something. I don't know what the situation <laughs> was, but, um, I could skate. And so even though I was like explicitly told, like, don't go and bother the the director and the yeah. producer, I of course, like went out and started skating around in circles and showing off. Uh, and they were like, Oh, like, who's that kid? Um, and so they're like, well, I guess, you know, we need a, a full team. So they hired me to be in the commercial too. Um, oh, wow. And my brother had like a speaking part and uh, I was just sort of in the background, but it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, from, from then on, I was like, I love being on set. Uh, yeah. So your first audition wasn't even a real audition. <laughs> yeah. At least the first one I got, I, I remember my very first audition. I can't, I wish I could remember back that far, but uh, yeah, it wasn't like, I wasn't like one of those people where it's like, oh, the first thing you, you know, you try out for, like you yeah. struck, you struck, strike gold and book, but um it was still like it was fairly early on like it couldn't have been more than yeah, a few uh, a few months um before we like you know got that job so um yeah then did a lot of commercials and then that sort of segued into like auditioning for movies and tv shows and nice yeah yeah because so, you were in um like 14 or 15 episodes of 90210 right yeah so I had a um I think I was in 15 but i it was, I guess it was called like a 16 episode arc that I was not, uh, I don't think I appeared in one of them or I, my scene was lost in the cutting room floor, sadly. Or something oh no. Like <laughs> um, but yeah, I did, uh, you know, I did a, ser- uh, a season of 90210 season eight. Um, I was playing Hillary Swank's son. She was, uh, Steve Ian Ziering's love interest for the, the season. Um, and then ultimately the writers decided that they did not need us to be oh, uh, no. <laughs> on the show anymore. Uh, and so, uh, they wrote our characters out and we moved to Montana. Uh, okay. so, you know, things are well on the ranch, presumably Wait, for, for our did Hillary Swank. So she was only in that little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. So she, oh, I was her I son. That so she, they, okay. Um, how, so that's why how, like she, and then of course the next year, because she was not working in a two and she did a little mm-hmm. movie called boys don't cry. And then, uh, won yeah. an Oscar for best actress. So, wow. you know, it worked out Kinda for worked her. worked out for her. <laughs> Uh, but she was just like, I remember like in interviews and stuff when she was talking about it, she was like, you know, like I got fired from 90210. Like I failed as an actor. Oh, uh, no. And then, you know, a, a year and a half later, she was like out there on the stage with Literally her, with her an Oscar. Oscar. So, so it really worked yeah. out for her there. It did. Yeah. Was she nice to work with? Yeah, she was great. Uh, the whole 90210 cast was like so amazing. Um, Jason Priestley is like, I don't even think amateur. He's like a pro amateur yeah. race car driver um oh really so, yeah he's like i don't know he's like really into racing cars so he had like a full-on arcade game of like wow. two like side by side like car racing game like in his dressing room and so like i would always go in there and like race him 
I don't know. I, I've also played like Nintendo a lot with Tori Spelling. She had like an NES. And so okay. we would play, like we would play like Super Mario 3 a lot um, in her dressing room. And then for Christmas, like the cast chipped in and bought me a PlayStation. Um, oh, that's awesome. So this was like, I guess it was like 90, 97, 98. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was like, they're like, oh, this kid loves video games. I mean, I was seven or eight. So yeah, they, like they the pitched in and they bought me a PlayStation, um, which I, I still have. Not that I, you know, uh, try to find cables that still connected modern <laughs> right? TVs and plug it in. But uh, yeah, that was like a super, That's cool that you still super, have it. super fun. Yeah, that was like such a great experience. Like everyone was so cool oh, on awesome. that show. Um, yeah. I, it always makes me nervous whenever we start to ask people about shows because the last thing you want to hear yeah. about a show you like is like, oh, everyone sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like I I can't, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, I've never really been on a, in a set where I was just like, ooh, that person is like, not yeah, yeah. um but, you know again like maybe if i was a little older i would have seen things differently um yeah and who's gonna be the, to a little kid yeah but like for the most part like i had a great time and like i don't know even when you're a kid like at the very least at the very least you have like a pretty good like bs detector like you know and people are, like lying or condescending to you yeah for um, sure and so like that that definitely was not the case there so or anywhere what? else i'm for i don't even seem like oh you know like but other show <laughs> <laughs> so what would like uh as a kid then for as far as like school goes how would that work whenever you were doing a full season of a show yeah so the the two major times that that was like a factor I would say um were when I was doing Nat 2 uh which I was in third grade um and then with the show I did after that called Early Edition with Kyle Chandler mm-hmm. um and Christy okay. Swanson um and that was when I was in fourth grade so with 90210 they filmed in Van Nuys I lived in Orange County it I didn't miss a ton of school. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it works is like you're required by law, um, you know, SAG union laws uh, to have three hours of schooling every weekday that you're on set. Got it. Um, and then you can like bank hours. So like you have to have a minimum of one, but like over the course of a week, they have to like add up to, you know, three hours per day. So like some days if like there's not a ton going on. They'll be like, okay, you're like in school for six hours. And then the next day they're like, all right, you're only gonna do one hour today gotcha. <laughs> um, because you have a bunch of, you have a bunch of scenes to do. That's um, so nice. like, yeah. When I was younger, like it wasn't too bad. Um, I had some pretty great like studio teachers um, over the years, especially when I, so when I was on early edition, I lived in Chicago and that made things a lot more difficult because I would be gone for like weeks and weeks at a time uh... um, and really wasn't around like all that much unless we were, uh, you know, on hiatus or something or uh, mm-hmm. taking a break around the holidays. So for that, I had a, a studio teacher um, who was amazing. Um, and she basically would like get a packet from my teacher and be like, all right, here's like we're, what we're going to learn and then try our best to like find time to done. do it. Um, and so, yeah, it's like kind of a weird, you know, it's like a really weird thing. Yeah. It's like you're like one-on-one instruction with a studio teacher. Mm-hmm. Um I've been meaning to watch the show uh, Love on Netflix because I know like Paul Rust's character plays a studio teacher. Oh, um, I don't think I've watched that one yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it. People have said it's good. And Paul Rust is, uh, he's an improviser from like UCB. When I was at UCB, I was like, this guy is like one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Oh, um, nice. So I'm sure the show is really good. But yeah, I, I even for a while, I, I considered uh, like doing that as a career path. Because I was like, oh, like I know what it's like to be a child actor. Like, wouldn't it be great if I also did that? And then I realized that like, 
there's more schooling than I wanted to do for mm-hmm. that job. Um, Got that it. Goes into okay. it so I That's fair. I didn't do it. I had really good experiences when I was working on Stepsister from Planet Weird um, in Australia. I had a great studio teacher who was, um, he had been to, uh, he'd traveled a lot. So he was like really intent on teaching me like world uh, countries and capitals. So oh, even though yeah. I had nothing to do with like the schoolwork I was doing, I was like, <laughs> like Ulaanbaatar is the capital of Mongolia. Like, got it. Um, so it's always like a different adventure with like, depending on the school, you know, the, the school teacher or the uh, set teacher that you get. Um, okay. Since you brought up Stepsister from Planet Weird, we have to talk about that. I didn't realize so that actually filmed in Australia. Yeah. So we filmed in uh, the Gold Coast in Australia. Um, so Warner Brothers has a kind of, uh, combination studio slash theme park called Warner Brothers Movie World. I knew that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I think, I'm trying to think if we filmed like exclusively there. Well, we definitely filmed like some of it there. Uh, I did another uh, movie in Australia a year later than we like definitely filmed there. But oh, wow. uh, yeah, so um, we actually had a lot of like on location stuff there because there's like windsurfing scenes and there's like, you know, different stuff. But yeah, so we filmed in Australia. It was like, I don't know, the year, the year 2000. Uh, so it was like Valentine's day through St. Patrick's day okay. uh, in the year 2000, uh, which I remember because like we crossed the international date line and then like for us, Valentine's day was like super, super short. Cause it was like, uh-huh. all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, now it's a day later. So we have like two hours of Valentine's <laughs> day. And then I flew back on St. Patrick's day. So I had like St. Patrick's day in Australia and then I landed and it was like a day behind. I had St. Patrick's Day again, oh, uh, wow. which is great because it's one of my favorite holidays. Although oh, at nine perfect. years old, I was not like You're not slamming like, pints of slamming sure. pints of Guinness and Guinness. Uh, you know getting into my Telemardu and and uh, Jameson. Yeah, but not the best um, um, tabloid for you there. Yeah, you know wouldn't would have been the best look. Um, but yeah, we came to Australia and like Australia was amazing. Like um, especially when you're a kid who is super into animals, like I was, and I guess now I'm an adult who's into animals um yeah. so we went to the australia zoo where steve Irwin, you know oh made wow. famous that was nearby in brisbane um there was like another animal sanctuary nearby um there's i mean even just like walking around like you would just see like wallabies and like i that's was just so like this cool. is amazing that's and then they're so like, cool be careful on the beaches because there could be like a crocodile or like a oh, wow. shark or a jellyfish or something else that can kill you. But and I'm I was, sure as a nine-year-old, you want to get out there and see it. Oh yeah. I wanted to see, I want to see all of it. Um, and like, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I got to, uh, I learned to surf from like a one-time like world champion surfer named Shane Haran. He like oh, has wow. like a little like surf shack in Surfer's Paradise, which is where our hotel was. And so like on my off days, like I learned to surf from this, you know, so cool. Australian legend. Um, no big deal. Yeah. And you know, uh, and then like when we finished, uh, when we like wrapped and I was still in Australia for like a couple more days, he was like, Oh, like you and me, I go surfing together. Like, you know, off, off the clock, this is just for fun. Like we're just like yeah. two bros going out surfing. And, uh, when you're nine years old, that's like the coolest thing. Oh, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, a, it was a great time. And like everyone on that show uh, on that movie was just like such a blast to work with. Um, I'm like still pretty, pretty good friends with Courtney Draper. Um, oh, nice. yeah, she's in the like Jersey the and queen of Disney. Yeah, like the Jersey, the 13th year, like she mm-hmm. definitely like had had it going on then um, in the Disney realm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so like we're still friends and like, I don't know, we found out while we were in Australia that we actually only lived about three miles away from each other. She also oh, lived really? in Orange County, knew my older brother. Oh, um, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah, it was like very <laughs> small world. We're like, what? We came halfway across the world to like find out that 
we you basically like know each other five minutes away yeah did your um, family go with you to australia my mom went with me um and so she was there the whole time so we filmed you know just about five weeks uh give or take a couple days um so yeah my mom was with me the whole time and then um yeah, my my dad sort of held down the fort at home with, <laughs> with my others. brothers. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, on other shows, like my family would come out. So when I was filming in Chicago for early edition, um, my family, like at different times, like both of my brothers made it out there. My dad made it out there. Um, for Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, my, my dad and brother uh, visited. Um, and that was in Toronto. Okay. Um, so yeah, like, you know, we, when, whenever possible, like we tried to make family trips out of it. Um, That's nice. But Australia is just like a, a, a bit far and a bit yeah, expensive if you're like, for sure. if Disney's not footing the bill. So, okay. So I have to ask, so in Stepsister from Planet Weird, mm-hmm. when you're doing scenes with like the little, like the gas people, <laughs> was that where you just like talking to nobody? Um, effectively, yes. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember, I think we had tennis balls i mean it's kind of like the okay. industry standard uh for like a standard for like a, a human being or a bubble yeah yeah we we use tennis balls uh, although i do remember um so at the end uh when there's like a very large uh bubble that i uh i attack with uh the leaf blower yes there was just there was just nothing it was just <laughs> i was looking at a tree and just like you know blowing going my leaf at blower. it um and they all told us like i think if you go back I don't know if our eyelines all match because we're all just looking like at a tree uh-huh. and like the tree so is big. Funny. And so like, I mean, the bubble is big too. He's, yeah. He's big, but um, yeah, I, I, that time I know for sure, like there was nothing we were looking at. We're just like, you know, yeah. like, staring into, into space uh, with hair dryers and leaf blowers trying to, trying to pop that bubble. <laughs> that movie is just such a funny thing for like my family, because I remember we were on vacation in Florida when it came out and I was just obsessed with anything on Disney channel so anytime we were in the condo, that movie, it's like when Disney Channel would just play anything on repeat when it was new. Yeah. <laughs> it was just known as the vacation that that's all we watched. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it, and it's set in Florida, too. Um, I don't oh, that's know right. It's like it's I don't know how official it is, but it's supposed to be Florida. So one thing I remember is like when I first arrived on set, they're like, oh, like come check out the set. It's so cool. Like you're going to love it. Like, here's your house. And like the first thing I was like, oh, the the plugs are wrong. And they're like, what? Oh, no. like yeah, oh. in America, we use like plugs that are like, you know, parallel lines. Two, yeah. And then like there's like the plugs are kind of like a V, kind of like a Y shape, like a flux capacitor kind of, uh-huh. kind of shape. Um, and so they're like, well, I don't know. I was like, this movie's set in Florida, right? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, the, the plugs are wrong. And they're like, all right, well, uh, I guess like F us, like, come yeah. on, like this like nine-year-old this is little like nine-year-old correct. All excited. Us and I'm like, yeah, like who's the production designer on this? Like, uh, we need to have a conversation. Um, set them down yeah but uh but no other than that like uh I think the setting is like pretty believably like Florida yeah Uh, I always think it's so funny when a movie goes to another country to then portray the United States right like how expensive could it really have been to film in in Florida yeah how much did they save by going to Australia that's really funny I mean I'm happy they did but oh uh, yeah that's like an amazing experience for you it was yeah I'm sure your mom was happy because then she got to go to Australia too yeah yeah I know it's amazing um so and then okay. I, yeah, I went again a year later uh, for a different movie, movie of the week on CBS. Um, and then that was le- much less like kid friendly. I was like sort of the only, uh, only child <laughs> in that. Oh movie. yeah. Uh, it was about like a a plane a plane hijacking um, with like a, by a serial killer, 
So I don't think it aired a lot after 9-11. Um, oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, um, you know, it was like another excuse to go to Australia and like yeah. spend some more time on the Gold Coast and again in Sydney. Um, and that was that was fun, too. Nice. Um, okay, and then I have to ask about Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Yeah. What was so, that experience like? Uh, so Substitute Planet Weird was like amazing. Um, the people were great. I had a, a great time. Australia is amazing. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire is like the most fun I've ever had on a film set. Uh and like, no offense to anyone who's in Sex and <laughs> Planet Weird. It's not your fault, uh, but it was just, it was amazing. Um, so we were working with the same director, uh, Steve Boyum. Mm. He also did um, uh, Johnny Tsunami and Motocross. Oh, nice. um, oh wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's amazing. All like, the classics. Yeah, uh, he cursed like a sailor, but uh, <laughs> he was always like, oh, pardon my French. Um, but uh, so other than that, he was like just a great fit for, for what you know decoms are supposed to be like he, yeah. he got it he got what it was like to be a, a kid and to like see a movie through uh you know a teenager's teenager's eyes sure um and so yeah like i um i still had you know i still had to audition uh even though i just wrapped a movie with him like two weeks prior oh, wow it's <laughs> um, like that's how quick the turnaround was because that was uh yeah like Stepsister, we filmed February and March, and then uh, we were filming in June for Mom's Got It with a Vampire. Oh, wow, um, okay. And then, like, I think Stepsister came out in June, and then, obviously, Mom's Got It with a Vampire came out in October. October. Um, but, yeah, like, it was, you know, it was, like, kind of a similar role. I was the little brother, except instead <laughs> of being, like, the pesky little brother, I was, like, the little brother who sort of knew what was going on the whole yeah. time. Which was fun, right? Like, um I know in some ways I get to save the day in both movies, uh, either showing up with the leaf blower or uh, actually, you know, I guess I did know that they were aliens sort of the whole time and substance from Planet Weird too. Um, but yeah, so similarly, I I had suspected all along that Dimitri mm-hmm. was a vampire in Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Uh, and it was just like a blast. We filmed in Toronto. Uh, it was like basically the month of June. The weather was amazing, even though we we're supposed to make it like, you know, uh, October, like weather was great. Um, you know, they built a carnival like for the carnival so scenes cool. and um we filmed in this like creepy old haunted house that was like legitimately haunted um, oh wow yeah like there was i don't know there's like some very weird freaky stuff going on but like two people had died on the property and it was like this old oh, mansion that was um basically owned by a millionaire who's like and whose family like couldn't afford the property taxes on it anymore so they donated it to like the city of Toronto. So it's like city property, but there are certain rooms that were like locked away that are like, you're not allowed to go in. And then, um, I don't know, like weird kind of creepy stuff would happen. Like there would be like, there was like a greenhouse, but the, uh, the whole, all the, like the glass on the ceiling was all broken out. And apparently like, uh, a security guard, someone had died there when a propane tank sort of exploded inexplicably. Um, and so like, we would see things like the, the chain that would like open the top of the greenhouse would just start swinging without any wind no, and then stop. No, and it was, no. <laughs> that was like the first thing I saw. And then, so with um, Matt O'Leary, who, who played uh, my brother, and then my actual brother who was visiting the set, uh, we like made a Blair Witch Project spoof movie oh, uh, so during the filming of, of this. Uh, so it was supposed to be like kind of like a found footage uh, movie in which, you know, there was a group of people who were investigating something and then they went missing. So we're filming like in this house, this creepy old house with like three or four, yeah, three floors and then an attic. 
and we're um, filming in the attic. And then um, like we get to this windowsill and there's just like hundreds of dead bees on it. No. And we're like, why are all these bees dead? Uh. How did they get here? Uh, and then like, there was like a queen bee like in the middle, like like smack dab in the middle of all these other dead bees. And it looked like some sort of like, I don't know, insect sacrifice. It was creepy. Like a, oh no. Um, and then like we were playing the footage back and then like we saw like what looked like a human arm somewhere in the attic. But then when we went back to look, it wasn't there. So there was like weird Ooh. stuff like that. But then the weirdest thing, um, one, I think we got a, a ghost on camera too. Cause we like put the camera underneath the door of one of the rooms that was locked that we couldn't go in. Uh -huh. uh, and then there was this like kind of like white ethereal sort of light uh, that just sort of disappeared as soon as like we had been filming it for a few seconds. Um, I wish I had that footage. I don't know what happened to it. Matt oh. has it somewhere. I was going to say that needs to get on like <laughs> Disney plus right now. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but so we were filming anytime you film at night or something taking place at night, you pretty much work like sun, like sundown to sun up. Mm -hmm. um, and so for, for this, like we would a lot of times like, come to set at like 6 37 at night that whole movie's at night basically and that whole movie's at night so a lot of unless we're filming interiors when like it didn't really matter they could black out the windows we were filming at night so they're filming at dimitri's house at night and at like three in the morning all of a sudden there was like this huge like explosion sound and like everyone who was on set i had i had already left but i like heard it from everyone the next day um like the house like rattled and shook as if something exploded uh, and it was like in the kitchen, right around the corner from where they were filming. Uh, and then they stopped production and it's not cheap to stop our production, obviously. Sure. And investigated for like an hour. And they're like, where did this come from? Like, are we safe? Like what's going yeah. on? And they found absolutely nothing. Like that's weird. People who were in the kitchen were like, it came from underneath this cabinet. I was the closest person to it. Oh. This is where it was the loudest. And then, so Matt and I noticed that like that cabinet, um, the wall that it was up against had like a small like direct shot up towards the room where like the lady of the house had died so we're like okay, uh, clearly there's a ghost who's trying to scare people out of being here. yeah out of that house uh, and so uh yeah we were like we're asking everyone about it i can't i can't remember if like, we interviewed anyone for our little like movie or not but i remember like everyone from like props people to make up they were like uh, it was freaky and like completely inexplicable so yeah yeah, that that footage needs to be somewhere. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll it'll surface. I don't know. It'll, yeah, <laughs> the lost tape. I don't I don't keep in touch with uh, Matt as much as I do with um, uh, Courtney. But uh, last year was like the twentieth anniversary of Miles Kennedy of the Vampire. Um, Caroline Ray and like Laura Vandervoort were like sort of mm -hmm. talking on Twitter with Charles Shaughnessy who played Dimitri, and they were like, "Oh, we should do like a you know a, a sequel, right? Where like uh, she's going on the on the date." Um, and then, you know, we were like, everyone's tagging each other and then reached out to Matt and I was like, Hey, like, you know, pretty exciting. Like people are sort of talking about this movie again. And he's like, yeah, yeah like we should catch up sometime. And then of course it's been a year and we haven't, but you yeah, know. well, COVID doesn't help anything too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how was working with Caroline Ray? Cause I love her in like yeah, Sabrina and everything. I was, yeah, I was a huge fan of, of Sabrina. Um, as I think everyone in the nineties was so, like, right? it's, it's like the it's best. So, it's so good. And like, I don't know. She's amazing. Um, and she was just so funny. And like, I don't know, it's kind of one of those things where like I had worked with like big actors, right? Like mm -hmm. I had the first movie I did was um, Face Off with John Travolta. And like, I knew who he had, who he was because like I yeah. watched Grease a lot when I was a kid. Um, and then, you know, like I worked with other people who are like really well known, well respected, but like 
Caroline Ray was like someone I like watched her every Friday on TGIF and like, I uh-huh. watched Sabrina. So like when I met her, I was like, oh my God, like I was like legitimately starstruck and, and she was awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I would, uh, I would love to like get back in touch with her. Um, because yeah. she's, she's amazing. I know we have like a mutual friend, uh, cause she's still like pretty active in like the stand-up comedy world. Yeah. She still does quite a bit. So yeah, I was talking to uh, my friend, Justin Martindale, and he was like, oh, like you did a movie with Caroline? Like, yeah, like I know Caroline. I was like, oh, like let's, let's be back in touch. Yeah, seriously. You know? um, so yeah, uh, she was she was amazing. Like, I don't know exactly what you would think she would be like. She absolutely is. Oh, I love more. that. Yeah. Yeah, because you especially like, she was still doing Sabrina, right? Whenever you did that movie. So she was at like the height of yeah, everyone I... our age knowing who she was. I, it must have been I, if if it was it was like uh, towards the towards the back towards end the, but, yeah. but still like yeah like I mean it was it was like even though she was on the ABC show and this was a decom on Disney Channel like yeah she was like a solid like casting get like they were like oh, and yeah, Charles are, too and, like, oh yeah, I mean, he's, like, yeah yeah he's missed Mr. Sheffield yeah uh, like, <laughs> you know like that was amazing like everyone knows who both of them are that's right. awesome yeah so that was I mean yeah it was like top to bottom that was just like such a fun fun movie like fun experience fun location amazing cast um and then yeah bobby carradine like oh yeah lizzie mcguire's dad (laughs) lizzie mcguire's dad yeah uh you know i I had most of my scenes with him and uh he was you know so fun and like warm and, and amazing um yeah it was just like i can't look back on like anything from that that time and like not just have a big smile on my face because it was just such a great experience oh that's great were you a Disney Channel fan before you were in these Disney Channel movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely was. Uh, I mean, not like exclusively. I wasn't like, oh, I'm like hashtag Team Disney before that was a thing. Uh, yeah. I like I was an equal opportunity child. Uh, I watched a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of Nickelodeon, a lot of Cartoon Network. But yeah, I mean, I remember like when Brink came out, I was just like, oh. this is a game changer. I remember like I watched. So when Brink premiered. Uh, I remember where I was. I was like at my family friend's uh, like Main Street Cafe diner on Main Street in Seal Beach where I grew up. And it was just like on the TV and I was watching. I was like, this movie's amazing. And then back then, like, I don't know, maybe they still do this, but like they would immediately replay it after the mm-hmm. premiere, P-R-E-M-E-A-R, premiere. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, after the premiere, uh, they would just replay it. I just went home and I just watched it again. I was like, this movie is amazing. The so, yeah, I was, I was a full on uh, fan of, of Disney channel stuff for sure. Um, I'm trying to think like if I had auditioned for anything else prior to stepsister, I must have at some point, but. Well, yeah. you gotten like two of the best ones. So that worked <laughs> out. <laughs> and then you said you like uh, cartoon network and then you also were, did a bunch of voiceover yeah, work as well. So, yeah. So yeah, I did um, cartoon network is, Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon are like also really fun places. Uh, so Disney Channel, like as you know, once you're on set, it's like amazing and fun. But like their building is like a very just like normal kind of office building in uh-huh. Burbank. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas like a little bit further up the street in Burbank, uh, Nickelodeon had like a mini golf course and like oh. snack rooms and stuff. And then Cartoon Network is like even more of like I don't know, just like people who never grew up working there. Yeah. And they had like a bunch of arcade games and pinball and like just dedicated rooms with like playstations and n64s it it was like definitely just like such like a wild fun place at both of those so 
Um, yeah, for Nickelodeon, um, I remember like walking into an audition once and like they had concept art for Cat Dog. Ah, and sorry. I went I went to school the next day. I was like, you guys, there's this, this new show that's going to come out on Nickelodeon called Cat Dog. It's got a, a, an animal that's like half cat on one side and half dog on the other. And like, nobody believed me. They're yeah. like, yeah, right. Like, that's stupid. Why would they ever have that show? And then it, it didn't come out for like t- two years. I don't know. These things take forever. Um, and then like, of course, by the time it came out, like no one remembered that I was like, I had broken the news. You knew all, it first. I was, all, I was all bitter. I was like, I told you, I told you this two years I ago. I told you about um, this. <laughs> Cat dog, uh, but yeah, they, they eventually took out the the mini golf course, which is which is sad. But um, is that the Nickelodeon one on Olive and Burbank? Yes. Okay, yes. yeah, I've yeah. driven by that a million yep. times, but you would never know that all that existed in there. Nope, it was right there, like in the front, like yeah. Um, and then Cartoon Network is like just further up Olive on the other side of the five. Um, okay, for all you LA listeners, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who are intimately connected with LA geography and uh, freeway systems, just the uh, sketch of the Californians, right. Yeah, uh, show notes link to a uh, map of Burbank. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Specifically not marking Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, right. Warner Brothers, Disney. Yeah, yes. yeah, all of it. It'll be a great tour for everybody. Um, okay, so you voiced George Little and Stuart Little, the animated series, which I loved Stuart Little growing up. What was that like? Uh, so that again was like, uh, animated stuff is just so fun. Um, not only because you can like, I don't know, not have to go through hair and makeup and like wardrobe and stuff you can just wear whatever um but Stuart Little was great because not all not all animated shows have sort of recording uh with everyone in the same room at the same time mm-hmm. and uh Stuart Little was one of the shows that that did that so we were just oh, all, nice. in a, all in a row all in a line and it was really like performing you know like it was kind of like performing a play right like yeah. No one would no one would read the uh you know the action lines or anything, but like we would just literally like say our line, then your line, and it's like we're we're doing it. The exception, which is very sad in hindsight, is that Hugh Laurie would come in on his own time and record his stuff. Uh-huh. Um and I didn't know it yet, but I would I would be soon become a huge Hugh Laurie fan because like House was House. like my favorite show. Cool. I was like, oh my God, he's so good. <laughs> um so that was like a bit of a bummer. I never actually got to meet him because, you know, he just had his own schedule. But um, yeah, I mean, we we had like such a great time recording that. Like Mark Hamill came in and um, was oh, wow. a, guest, a guest star on one episode. And so I was like, oh my God, like I'm meeting Luke, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> this is so cool. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, the other people on the show were just like so much fun. Um, David Kaufman, Quentin Flynn, like, you know, super yeah. talented voice actors. Um and yeah, it was, you know, that was, yeah. that was great. Um, That's awesome. I, I loved it. Um, and then, yeah, the other show that I did for, for Cartoon Network, uh, so that was on HBO Family, um, but I did uh, Whatever Happened to Robot Jones for two seasons. And that show was like, I mean, it, it had like the, the same energy of Stuart Little with everyone in the same room at the same time, but um, the creator, um, Greg Miller, was like really insistent that he only hire children to play children so oh. it was just like a bunch of like I don't know 10 to 14 year olds in the room at the same time yeah um just all like making jokes and like I don't know like we actually like even got to like ad lib which is kind of crazy for an animated stuff like animated oh, show yeah. because they would have to like well anything that you say we have to draw animate around you but like I remember like they were and they would just like randomly assign you like another character right so we all had our main characters and they'd be like oh like uh hey like miles like you're gonna be like 
this George Washington guy. And I was like, okay. And then they're like, okay. And then you get kicked off the stage because they're doing like a, a history play or something. And then I'm like, well, I never. And then they're like, oh yes, like we're, in, we're including that. Uh, and so like stuff like that was like, it was just That's so fun. such a blast. And then, um, yeah, like um, Josh Peck was like on that uh, with us. He was like one of the, one of the bad guys. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, that, that was, was awesome. just so much fun. I would imagine it has to be so much more fun to be able to improvise like that versus having to fit into what's already animated yeah i i mean it is a, it's not something that's like afforded to you very often but yeah. um you know sometimes uh it kind of also like depends on the budget of something because sometimes sure. like, they're already doing like the legwork of animation before um mm. you do the recording and you have to sort of or you have to match what's on screen but um some some other times like um you know, it's like a flexible process. And uh, the movie I did, The Ant Bully, I like worked on it from when it was sort of like a story idea concept. And they made an animatic, which is like a sort of like a preview of what this movie would be like. Uh-huh. And then usually they end up like recasting it with like bigger names and they somehow managed to keep me. Um, and so like, that was one of those things where like small things that I would do or say like in the booth on the early stages ended up being part of like the bigger thing. Um, oh, that's cool. Which is, which is really fun. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I always loved doing, doing voiceover stuff. And if I, I mean, we haven't talked about it, but like if I end up going back to acting um, in the future and have time to do it uh, like voiceover, I think would be probably like the first place I go because it's just such a blast and oh, that's awesome. a bit more flexible <laughs> when, yeah. when, I don't know, I'm working on like a PhD or if I'm you know teaching or something. So um, one more voiceover thing I just have yeah. to ask about is a uh, recess. Were you a recess oh. fan before you did the two? Cause it was the two like recess movies you were a part of, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like anyone with a pulse, I was a huge fan of recess. Um, I was the, the third TJ Detweiler. So like Andy Lawrence is sort of like the, the quintessential, uh, TJ Detweiler, uh-huh. uh, his, his voice unfortunately changed. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I didn't go that deep, but uh, they, you know, they were like, we need to have a new TJ and they weren't quite sure what they were going to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're like, all right, we have like these episodes. And then the way it turned out was like, they have, um, they ended up making uh, like two sort of, I guess they were direct to DVD movies at that time uh, where they would have like one sort of long story. And then in that it would sort of, uh, roll into two sort of regular length episodes and they would call it a movie. Oh, nice. So it's like a, yeah, it was like a frame, like a framing story that would sort of begin, end up leading to two episodes and then sort of wrap up. And the whole thing was like 80 something minutes. Um, so we, the way we recorded them would be as if we were doing any other episode. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be like, all right, we're doing this episode, we're doing this episode and we're doing this episode. So it was basically like doing six episodes total but then the way they structured it ended up being two movies got it um and yeah that again was like um for the most part most of the people were in the same room at the same time um so yeah like I was a huge fan of recess I like couldn't believe my luck that like they they picked me to yeah that's (laughs) amazing because yeah like I I mean I full-on like grew up um watching and like absolutely loving that show oh that's so cool yeah, I was saying one of these years I'm gonna be TJ Detweiler for like Halloween. Oh, you have like, to. I have to, right? Like, come on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like especially now, I feel like it's like the time for everybody's so nostalgic now about all these things. Everyone will know instantly who you are. 
Yeah, especially if I can get like, I don't know, my wife to be like Spinelli or something. <laughs> Have your <laughs> or, wife or, watched. Or, or Gretchen. Um, yeah, no, she was always like, a, her biggest thing, like she is, uh, and has re- recently got me into it again. I say recently, like five years ago, but like she was the biggest Hey Arnold fan. Um, <sighs> and Hey Arnold, like, I don't know if you've gone back and watched it recently. I bought her like the complete set uh, on DVD as like oh, an yeah. anniversary gift a couple years ago. It's like I was on some like good funny shows. Mm-hmm. It is like heads and shoulders like above everything else. It's I need so to go back because I loved it so much. Growing was, up. I haven't watched it recently. Like, and they just um, I think they just celebrated their like twenty fifth anniversary yeah. yesterday. Um, I think so I think. yeah. Um, so I'm friends with Olivia Hack, who played Rhonda on Hey Arnold, and she's still really good friends uh, with Craig Bartlett, who's the creator. So like I don't know, I always see what they're doing that's so cool <laughs> regarding harold on on instagram and stuff but um yeah like helga is like just the oh, best character she's iconic like, her her vocabulary is like just light years beyond what like any nine-year-olds should be <laughs> uh and it's just so funny the music is amazing like they like the whole thing has this like jazz score and then like arnold is like too nice like he's just uh-huh. like, such a good guy that you're just like ah oh, like there's hope for the world like he just always does the right thing. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we love Harold. Um, so yeah, she watched all these shows. Yeah. But, it, and like later she was like, you know, why could you ever have been on Hey Arnold, you know? <laughs> Come on. If only I had the opportunity. If only, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe they'll do a reboot and you can get cast let's, as something. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you're getting a PhD now. Yeah. So uh, I'm at uh, University of Texas at Austin, uh, home of the Longhorns, Hook'em. We're uh, playing a, uh, Oklahoma tomorrow in the the Red River showdown. So half of my classes did not show up today. People were just missing oh, as I was teaching. I and I was like, all right, you're like you're pre-gaming. That's okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm getting a, a PhD in English literature. Um I went to UCLA um and I graduated 2010. I was I was 19. And I was like, I'm done with school. Like, I don't know. And then I was like, I'm I'm gonna be an, a, a director. Like I'm gonna keep acting, I'm gonna be a director. And I'd sort of taken a break from acting. Uh, during high school because one of the things about studio teachers is like they can't necessarily teach like AP chemistry and Uh, AP computer science and Spanish five and like all these like classes I was in Um, and I also like couldn't quite teach myself them because I don't know I am not very naturally good at uh, (laughs) chemistry or physics or or whatever Um, so I kind of took a break uh, and then after UCLA I was like yeah like I'm gonna do this and so I um sort of kept auditioning, but nothing really came, came of it. I, um, I worked on, um, I did a lot of like improv actually. Um, so I went through like the UCB program. I had like a regular improv troupe. Um, we had a couple of regular shows throughout Hollywood and I did that oh, for about nice. two and a half years. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I, I absolutely loved it. Improv is just such a fun and interesting, like art form. Like I mm-hmm. think very rarely do you get to see something that's like, so, um, like ephemeral, I guess. Like, I yeah. don't, I, I don't want to say disposable. Like, it, we sort of think of it as disposable because, like, most improvisers completely forget about scenes once they're over. But it's just sort of this like flash in the pan thing. That's like, if you see it, if you're there for it at the same time, like, it, it mm-hmm. exists and you're part of it. And it's amazing. And then, like, then it goes away. And so, um, yeah, I was like sort of thinking about that. And I was like, huh, like, maybe like someone could like study this. And that sort of got the ball rolling in my head mm-hmm. that, like, maybe like I, I was still like, interested in academics in some capacity. Um, so I started reading a lot and then I 
did like a challenge to like read a novel a week. Um, and I did that. And then at the end of it, I was just like, huh, I think maybe I want to do this for the rest of my life. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, um, I started taking some creative writing classes at, uh, Long Beach city college near where I lived. Um, cause it was like free to enroll. If you were a resident of Long Beach, I was like, all right, this is great. Oh, so wow. Yeah. Why not? I was like, maybe I'll go like get an MFA and do creative yeah. writing. And then like sort of stick on like, you know, maybe write do screen screenwriting or something. Um, but then ultimately I was like, you know, I think I'll, I want to be an English professor. Like I want to be like the person who uses literature to like help teach young people about the world and to like expand their horizons and like, you know, get them out of whatever way they're like, they're thinking just as a way to like, I don't know, see what else is out there. Yeah. Um, and so I, I remember like having that, that feeling. I was like, yeah, like I, I have to do this. Um, mm -hmm. So I emailed some of my professors from UCLA and they're like, don't do it. Like, <laughs> don't do it. It's really hard. You're not going to get a good job. Uh, it's impossible to get tenure these days. Like it's almost Im Im impossible. You'll ever end up like where I'm at. Like it's just changed so much unless you can exactly envision you yourself doing nothing at all. Uh, nothing else at all. Like don't do it. Um, so I thought about it. I was like, okay, like maybe they're right. And then I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'm doing it. So I applied to grad school. I got a master's at Claremont graduate university out in Claremont, uh, like the very East extreme end of LA County had, had an amazing time, some really influential professors there. Um, and I sort of realized that like with my experience in the acting world, I really want to focus on screenplays as like a literary thing. Um, because I've read, you know, hundreds of screenplays over the years, but I also have read, you know, all this like literary theory and all these yeah. novels and stuff. And I noticed when I was doing research that like people tend to skip out on screenplays even if they're talking about movies and like film uh -huh. studies is obviously like a pretty big thing a big part of media studies in general but i noticed as like no one ever talks about screenplays and like they're uh -huh. such complex interesting documents you know like they sort of have to advocate for themselves like they have to mm -hmm. sell themselves right they have to be interesting enough but you also have to be very visual because you need the reader to be able to see it in their head as they're reading it and i was like i want to be like a person who studies this um and there are some people who study it sort of across the world. It's really big in Australia, um, screenplay studies and, and in England, but in America, like no one really does it. So sure. I sort of saw this niche and um, decided to like start going for it. And yeah, I applied from there to PhD programs. And now I am here in Austin, my second year of a PhD program and teaching and researching. And it's amazing. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. How many more years do you have left? Uh, officially, I have... Uh, four and a half years left. So it's a six year okay. program. Um, okay. But because I already have a master's, like I might be able to get done a little bit earlier. Um, hoping that like, I don't, I can get my dissertation idea, like solidified early enough where they're like, it doesn't take me a full, like two and a half years to write it. And I can yeah. somehow knock it off and yeah, knock for it out sure. in one year. Uh, but we'll see. What happens. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, again for doing this, by the way. I'm sorry that Grace, <laughs> I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Uh, I, I'm almost certain that she exists. I've seen a picture of her I on your website. I swear she texted me. She, oh, she just finished off and asked if we're still going and I'm going to tell her that we're pretty much done now. <laughs> the second she joins, I'll, I'll leave. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm so happy to, you know, to come on here and um, I don't know, good to like share all these fun stories. Like, yeah, it's, it's such a great, I don't know, I, I love it. And it's, 
Disney Plus has really been a game changer for I think a lot of people rediscovering the movies that they loved when they were younger and and introducing them to like a new generation of of people, right? Like it, honestly, yeah. I yeah, have like my my niece is eight, maybe she's nine, eight or nine, but she now is like discovering Lizzie McGuire, Hannah Montana, all these DCOMs for the first time ever. And for me, it's just so fun because it's like I grew up with all of these. Yeah, like I had a student uh, email me because they were on Disney Plus and like the the sort of like um, preview photo for Mom's Day with a Vampire is like me holding like the garlic necklace, <laughs> uh, which I put as like my my Twitter, uh, like, I don't know, like header picture. Um, but she was like, is this you? And I was like, yeah, yep, uh, it is definitely me. Um, this movie came out before you were born, but uh-huh. enjoy watching it, you know? Um, That's so, so fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, thank God for Disney Plus. Yep. <laughs> all um, right, well, Grace right, is well, texting yeah. how sorry she is. <laughs> she didn't get to meet you. <laughs> sure, Grace. Uh, all right, yeah, well, all right. Um, have a good weekend. Yeah, I'm glad Thanks, we were you were able to make this work. And yeah, this yeah, is if great. anything else comes up, just let me know. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Take care. See ya. Bye. Okay, so not only did Moms Got a Date with a Vampire celebrate an anniversary this week, a few others of our favorites did as well. Give it to us, Dave. Which one? Okay, did? I'm going to tell you the name of the movie. And okay. then you guess what anniversary it is. Oy vey, the number. Oh okay. my god. Okay. So yesterday, so it's still mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. Halloween Town 2 Calabar's Revenge celebrated an anniversary. What well, year do you think it is? I'm gonna guess 15. No. Mm-hmm. Higher or lower? Higher. 20. Yeah. 20, <laughs> 20, 20. God, that was such a good movie. I love that one. I go back and forth on like which one I like better. I mean, obviously the first one is just like the classic. Yeah. But the second one's just fun. And the second one is so good. Trappa. Trappa. The this gray spell. We, got, we were brought, <laughs> we were, Trappa was brought into our lives. Trappa. <laughs> it must be a, a, a trap. Uh, uh. <laughs> A, a trap. Uh, oh, I love it. Okay. I don't know if this one really counts as like a Halloween movie. Okay. But I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. This is a classic, but I really think that we need to do an episode just on this movie. Okay. Wish Upon a Star. <gasps> With Katherine Heigl. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 Katherine Heigl was very young in that movie. And I'm not trying to be rude to her and say that she's not old now, but that means I'm going to say 25 years. Yeah. Was it 25? It came out in 1996. Yes. 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 That's uh, another, just such a good movie. That one, last I checked, it was still on Amazon Prime for free. Like, oh, okay. Okay. I always forget that's Catherine Heigl. I don't know why, for some reason, it comes to me instantly. <laughs> when I hear of that movie, I'm like, oh, Katherine Heigl's in that movie. And then who was the sister? I know uh, Daniel, she was, Danielle yeah, Harris. She was in something other than that. And I can't think of what it is right now. <clears throat> oh, she has two kids. Oh, bless. Carter and Jag. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then 
another one. Another okay. one. Another one. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Before Christmas. Okay, so uh, she's an oldie but goldie mm-hmm. because watched her as a kid. Um, I'm going to give that. Is it 30 years or close. high? It's close. 35? Lower. 32? No, nah, lower. No, like 31. lower than your first guess. Oh, <laughs> 29. Lower. 27. Higher. 28. <laughs> oh my God, you knew. I knew. Did I do that math right? Today in 1993. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Math, you guys. Math is a wonderful thing. Ding. I don't know if this is a good segment because that's all I <laughs> Hey, I mean, I got one right. The first one I guessed it on the second and the third one I was pretty. Oh, off. I forgot I have another one. Oh, okay, guys, we week. got one more. We got From one this more. Week, don't okay. look under the bed. Mm-hmm. Okay, that one. That's also an oldie, but goldie. Mm-hmm. I would say don't look under the bed. Like 23? Close. 20? Close. 21? Close. 22? Yes! Yes! I got it! I knew. (laughs) Oh, guys, Uh, believe in yourself and you will know. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> I was waiting that was for the like end. a really put a period right like on there. Really nice, uh, like closure to that sentence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was really all that I felt inspired to say. And if you want to hear about a couple of those films, we do have an episode on "Don't Look Under the Bed" from last year. We also mm-hmm. have an episode on Halloween Town from just a few months ago. Yes, and you just heard our one about Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. <laughs> We also interviewed Emily Roski, who played Sophie in Halloween Town. If mm-hmm. you want to listen to her interview, she has some fun stories to tell about working on the movie. Yes. And make sure you go give Miles a follow. He's on Instagram. He's at Miles DJ. Thank you, Miles. And thank you, David, for stepping in when life, when Mercury really was not a fan of us. Oh, no. The I main think... thank you is to Miles. You don't have to thank to me Miles. for anything. I'm no, sorry that you, you couldn't did a be great there. Job. I felt I'm bad sorry. that you couldn't be there. I felt terrible that I couldn't be there. You it didn't need awful. to feel bad. I felt bad. No, I felt bad. I felt bad. Okay. You felt bad that I felt bad. And I felt bad that you felt bad. So now yeah. we're both feeling bad. Um, Mercury, <laughs> Mercury, calm down. It really well, if you needs make to calm us, down. If you want to make us feel better, follow us on Instagram. We're at BTTP podcast. Our Twitter is also at BTTP podcast. We're at back to the best on Facebook and TikTok. YouTube.com slash back to the best. Make it easy on yourselves, though. Just go to our website, BTTPpodcast.com. It has everything there. Everything you could possibly want in the world of podcasting back to the best is there. And again, Miles, thank you so much. His Instagram one more time is at Miles DJ. Oh, thank you, Miles. I am so sorry I wasn't there, but it was a wonderful episode and we appreciate you. We do. And we appreciate you all for listening. And we'd also really appreciate it if you all tune in next week where we are going to keep taking you back to the best. Goodbye. Bye.